What is going on, everyone? Hope everyone's doing very good this beautiful Wednesday morning. A beautiful Wednesday morning, indeed. This is the Commissioner speaking. Wanted to let you all know and inform you that we have another great and exciting episode in store for you all today. That's right, episode 550. Shoutouts to my boy, Ralph Sampson. Number 50 right here for y'all. And for the first time ever, we are going to do a two-parter. We're going to combine the forces of not just the Summit state of mind, but the Juice Box state of mind as well. We are going to put the first ever into two parts, the Summit and the Juice Box. We are going to talk both Rockets and Astros literally for the first time. We talked. We will talk about the Astros on its own in one episode, and of course we're a Rockets podcast, but to dedicate two whole parts to both Never been done before. We've never done it. So we are very excited to bring that to y'all. The Houston Astros had just advanced to the ALCS for the fifth straight year in a row. We are a Houston Rockets podcast, but we are also Houston fans and Houston Astros fans. We have to talk about it. It's definitely something we had to talk about. So we are going to enter our juice box state of mind in the second half of this episode. But in the first half, of course, we're going to cover the last two preseason games that have been taking place, what we're going to look forward to as the season approaches, the good times, the bad, the struggles that this team has been going through, and the fact that they need to start growing some tough skin to live in this NBA, especially the rookies, because they are going through the ringer here against Miami and Toronto with the teams and the players that they have faced, from Kyle Lowry to Jimmy Butler to Fred Van Vliet to OG Ananobi, it's definitely going to be a time for them to learn and get better at their craft. And what better way to learn it through these last two games? So there's going to be growing pains on that front. But of course, we're going to jump into good times as well through what the good that they've been doing and the good that the Astros have been doing. So this is a great and exciting episode. OG, just myself and the GM, one time for your boys, all for y'all. H-Town versus everyone, one time for y'all here. We hope that you enjoy this episode, a very special one near and dear to our hearts as we celebrate the golden era of Houston Astros and the golden era of Houston sports. So if you're on the road, give us a listen. If you're not on the road and you're just chilling, grab a drink, relax, and welcome once again to the Summit slash Juice Box State of Mind. Yo, what's up, everyone? This is your boy, Heezy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Summit State of Mind podcast, the podcast of dream shakes, step backs, and anything and everything Houston Rockets. And I am one of the hosts, the GM, Justin. And right beside me is my tag team partner, the main host, the commish, Kenny. And let me just preface this. By saying the Astros have gone one, two, three, four, fifth straight American League Championship Series. This is Tuesday, October the 12th. 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 Sorry, I couldn't even come up with the date. But yes, that is today. So we are recording today. So yes, I'm going to talk about that first right now. But before we get into anything, Kenny, how are we doing? This evening, 
Well, in the wonderful wor- words of Stephen A., are, are you done, Skip? Are you, are you done? Because I want to get my words in. You know, I'm happy, always happy to lob it up to you on an intro, but your boy's feeling a little left out right now. I got some stuff that I want to say. I got some stuff that I want to say regarding the Houston Rockets in the preseason. No, okay. Which we will talk about. That will be uh, in a few, like, really, pretty much in a few, we're definitely going to be talking about it. But, of course, I got to show out my love to the one, two, three, four, fifth Houston Astros making it to the ALCS for the fifth time, fifth time in a row. Truly the golden era of Houston Astros baseball. Maybe the gold, you could argue, maybe the golden era of Houston, all of Houston sports encapsulated within the last four to five years combined with like the Texans, Rockets, and Astros yeah. included, with Astros being at the apex yes. of it all. But. Amazing stuff. We're going to dive into that, obviously. It's, we'll, the, we'll, we'll have to get into a juice box state of mind. You know that. that was, so it'll be the first time ever we're going we're gonna to combine forces. We are going to go into the summit, and we're going to jump into the juice box. And we're going to do this all in one episode. GM, the people are wondering, can we do it in one episode? Is it possible? <laughs> <laughs> I saw something on, on Twitter. It made me laugh. I'm so sorry. Lance McCullers made a post, and that's what it was. <laughs> okay. All right. If you if you know if you know us, and and you know what, we adore be, we adore Hank Hill from King. I, I Hill. will I will post this on our Instagram for all of you. I the GM is gonna screenshot it for me so I can put it up. On our Instagram by the time this episode airs. But it's Lance McCullers on his Instagram story. Hank Hill with an Astros hat on say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't even get it up. Hose mad, I tell you what. <laughs> you know, yeah. every time that the Astros made a mistake, I, I have to quote the, the, the great Hank Hill, the great Ray Marcelino, the great Mr. Fundamental by saying, God damn it, Bobby. <laughs> God damn it, Bobby. So... Obviously, we're very we're very jubilated right now, and 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 so many ways, obviously, because of this Astros team. But let's take it a step back now. Let's talk about point A, which is obviously going to be needed to talk about. We are three preseason games in from mm. our Houston Rockets. Now, I know, granted, it's been tough. I haven't been able to watch every single quarter, every single minute, just because of scheduling conflicts. Yeah, La- life, sleep, life, life You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I just, you know, let's give it to everybody just well, so I mean, they know. Let's, let's, let's preface this, okay. that the last two preseason games, the Miami game, was it last Thursday? Yes. It started at 9 p.m. Yes. And then last night's Toronto game wasn't even being shown on TV. It was only on the Rockets, uh, Rockets.com yes. and the Rockets Yes, it was app. not being broadcast on AT&T Sports uh, like, like how it should be. I think they were only showing it locally through Toronto and then on Rockets.com. So... Let's let's talk about the two. We talked about the first game, obviously, with a yes. lot of good. There was a lot of bad. Mm-hmm. And in this particular game here against Miami, we lost one thirteen to one hundred six. Didn't really show the the. If you just look at it from plain stats, plain score, you it looks think, like the game was, was closer than yeah, what it was, and it really wasn't. It was really bad, and I I I want to lob it up to you in just a second, GM. But it's definitely a prime example of they played Lowry pretty heavy minutes in the first half. They played Jimmy Buckets some pretty heavy minutes in the first quarter. It's a prime example of veteran teams 
that are going to see our team and they're going to think, oh, we can bully them. Mm. We can absolutely bully them. You got young ends. You know Jalen Green's got a target on his back from all the stuff he's saying. You already know that. So absolutely. I just have to ask you, like, P.J. Tucker, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson. I mean, when you think of that team, that's a championship caliber team going against our Houston Rockets team with average age of, like, 24, 25. Mm-hmm. What did you think? What was your initial thoughts of it? I thought that – um the team, well, let's, okay, that's about Miami. Mm. Kyle Lowry oh, that is a everything. perfect complement to that team. He was running the offense to a T. Within their like their first ten possessions, and they scored. He assisted in seven of them. The guy was just on fire. He could find everybody, mm-hmm. and it looked like the defense was being carved up. The defense was horrendous. I'm going to tell you that. The difference was that they were playing against Miami's pretty much A squad with Bam, Butler, um, PJ, and uh, and, – sorry, Lowry. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that it was played from what I saw because I only – let me preface this by telling you I only watched the first half. All the way – yeah. I fell asleep. Your boy likes to work out in the mornings. It is what it is. I'm up at 5, 5.30 every day. It's okay. It's you know what? It's preseason. You you get your preseason rest. Yes. Getting ready so for the regular it's, season. It's, it's all necessary. Good. Of course. And let me tell you that from what I saw, the Rockets looked terrible. And I mean terrible. But it's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Jalen Green was getting punked just mm-hmm. as anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um Kevin Porter Jr. was doing his best, but Miami's defense is gonna be a top five defense. Just in my opinion, mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking. I can be wrong, but the way that they look and the personnel that they have that's top five defense. Yeah, in my they're very. Opinion. I think they're very capable of doing that. I mean, if anything, at, if they're not a top five defense at the very least, mm-hmm. they're going to be a tough out in a seven game series coming out of the Eastern Conference. Absolutely, they'll make it tough on anybody. Milwaukee, yes. Brooklyn, you know, they, what have you. PJ, if you noticed, was fitting seamlessly. Hit two <laughs> corner threes in the first quarter. Was Jeff Van Gundy on the, at one point when he was arguing a, a possession call? Uh, it's that, just the that, first. That he got through. That, preseason. The, the ball went in the hands of Steven Silas, and then PJ Tucker's barking calls, and you have Jeff Van Gunny on his feet. Like, play on. Are yeah. you kidding me, PJ? I gotta get to bed. Like he was like, this is ridiculous. It's like it's this is old, PJ. Like, this come is on. Old. This is literally just preseason, but it just goes to show you the competitive edge that a Lowry and a Tucker will give you. It's definitely something that you can think about. To make them contenders, I'll take them over the top. Yes. But in regards to the Rockets, I think for me, what I was thinking was it's a lesson in growing pains. It's a lesson in toughness, especially these last two games. These teams, these veteran teams, they're going to look at this. Are, you know, we, we inherited four rookies. Yes. Not even fully grown into their bodies, you know, basically. Uh, you got Jay Sean Tate, who's a little older, who's... Growing into his own He's man, still obviously. Learning as yeah. well. KJ Martin. So yes. you got these teams, and then they're going to look at us, and they're going to say, you know what? We can take advantage. We can put our size, our muscle. We'll body them. We'll suffocate them. They won't be able to score. So that's exactly what I had anticipated. When I saw that the lineups were set, where they were going to put their A team out there, I was like, oh, yeah. <clears throat> we're going to get, like, well, how many points did we put up? Okay, we put up 26, a little bit better than I thought. Mm-hmm. But I thought we were only going to get up, like, 18 to 20 points in that entire first quarter at least. Yeah. Or I mean, we were scoring, but 
they pulled away in the second quarter. Like the, Miami was just killing us. Yeah, they had a, a fourteen point lead at the end of the first half, and then by the end of the third quarter, it was a twenty one point lead or twenty two yeah. point lead. It's it's definitely it's tough, and it's definitely when you talk about what this team can bring because. You know, Jalen Green had he had his best outing in the preseason so far. The fourth, by the time we've recorded this, the fourth preseason game has not been played. It plays on Friday. This episode has been coming out on the thirteenth, which will be Wednesday. Jalen Green had the best outing uh, of his career up to this point: twenty mm-hmm. points, uh, five rebounds, two assists. But I I've said this from the very beginning: Jalen Green is still very much a project player. He's not a comp- he's not an NBA ready talent. He's not. He's not going to be my number one pick. You know what we wanted. Yeah. Uh, he's not going to be... What, I forgot my guy's name. Martin. Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham. Cunningham. So he's not Cade Cunningham. He's not an NBA... He's not NBA ready. He's going to be groomed into that NBA status. Kobe Bryant wasn't NBA ready at the time. I'm not comparing, but I'm just saying like... And at the same time, like he's going to go through struggles. There's going to be more times you're going to throw your arms up in the air than anything at Jalen Green. There's going to be more bad moments than good moments this season. I pretty much guarantee it. Just from these three preseason games alone. And he had his worst outing in the following game. So let's move on now. Mm -hmm. Let's move on and talk about that. Toronto. The Toronto game was an absolute laugh for 107-92. Another team with some some youngins, obviously, on the Toronto end. Mm -hmm. But you have Van Vliet. You have... Goran Dragic. Oh, on on the Raptors? Yeah, Goran Dragic is in the Raptors. Oh, okay. Well, he didn't play. Oh, I thought he is no, in the Raptors. I don't know. He didn't play. You threw me off when you said that. I'm I sorry. thought I saw him. But... Yeah. Well, you have Van Vliet. You got Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Precious Achiwa. You know, Scotty Barnes, who's a rookie. But you got these players that have obviously they're experienced and they know how to and they know how to play. You know, Van Vliet's a champion. So they took it as another opportunity to punch Houston in the face, and they did exactly that. And Steven Silas even said it post game. He said, "These guys are going to come at us hard. They're going to come at us strong. So you got to meet power with power. Yep. You have to because this is the NBA. The greatest players in the entire fucking world. LeBron James is in this league. Steph Curry is in this league. We haven't even touched those teams. So we, you know, so when Steven when when Steven Silas says this." Power needs to meet power. We need to be willing to get into the trenches to get these plays because if we don't, we're not going to get any wins. So that's been that was pretty much my two cents throughout that game because it was pretty much a mugging for the most part. And it was they had taken the they had taken it away. They were running away with it. The Raptors, you know, they were cle- we were clearly outclassed in these last two games. Yes. And so, what, what did you think immediately from from immediate reactions from what you saw? Um, I didn't watch any of it. I didn't even watch the highlights. I didn't get a chance to. Um. But based on the numbers, Jalen Green looked terrible. He shot terrible. He had seven turnovers, which is to expect. Armani Brooks scored 20 points. He shot five for 10 from three. Yeah. So I felt like Armani Brooks is trying to solidify his spot, hopefully make it into the rotation, which rotation I could possibly see. Rotation spot. Come on. He's, he's a dead-eye shooter. And with PT and experience, he could be one of those guys that could actually get legitimate PT for a team that has playoff aspirations. Well, who would play over him? Daniel House? Yes. Are you serious? KJ. D- no, but like for real though. DJ J- Augustine. Okay, well DJ Augustine's fine. DJ Augustine and Alpreen Sangoon have like simpatico offensive plays. No, that is they are like my those two, their chemistry is what I would consider a bright spot 
for this team off the bench. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Based on what we're seeing on the floor, you can tell that when they practice, they practice this often. Mm-hmm. You can tell that DJ is ready for wherever, wherever Alpi will be. And I think Alpi is just always ready for DJ because DJ, with, with the threat of him pulling up for a three, allows Alpi to have the space because they cannot um, commit to Alpi completely. They got to show respect for DJ's jumper. Of and that's the reason that Alpi will be able to have that opening. And I, I just think that those two are, like you said, very simpatico. I don't know, though, but like the only thing that I'm seeing uh, besides that is Josh Christopher, who played decently again. He's, he's going to play well. He's playing well because he has nothing to lose. He knows that at most, I mean, he's probably going to go to the G League. But you're right. You talked about it. Armani Brooks, like, I, I don't I don't understand this. And, and we need, and if, you, if there's any listeners out there, help me understand. If you are a Daniel House fan, please just enlighten me as to how Daniel House has earned his minutes in this rotation, like, please help me, please guide me through it, and please don't mention 2019 or hell even 2020 by the way that he, by by that play because we're in 2021, and for God's sakes, the way that he's playing now, how do you talk? Uh, how do you talk about giving Daniel House these this PT these minutes over an Armani Brooks who's scratching and clawing mm. every shot he puts up? He knows it's a bucket. He's like he's a bucket machine at this point from three. You have. Josh Christopher who's trying as hard as he can, you know, you can see he's putting forth the effort. I'm just tired of this Daniel House man who's more focused on his SoundCloud music than being a part of this rotation, being a part of this team. Y'all say that's not a good look. It's not. It's horrible. Yeah. So Armani Brooks, absolutely, I agree. He deserves a roster spot. Everyone, I mean, for the most part, look, everyone did their thing in this last game. Uh, Jay Sean Tate gave 10 points. It's about average of what we thought Jalen Green had the worst outing of his uh preseason at this point Kevin Porter Jr. 12 points four rebounds four assists Christian Wood looked better a little bit more solid offensively than in the, than in past games 13.7 rebounds there is a lot to be done and we've said this time and time again this will be the most exciting 20 plus win team <laughs> Absolutely, we have major boomer bust potential in games. Exactly, per se. Like Jalen KPJ can get hot at any moment, and they can keep us in the game. It's our defense that's going to take us out of the game. To be honest with you, and in regards to to Daniel House, the reason why he's here is because he can still defend. He he has. He He can defend. No, to an extent. No, he has blackmail. Probably on, on the front office. <laughs> That's my only guess. Like, come on. I mean, I think he's, he's he's on a very affordable contract, and I think nah, what, I know, the, the team is still waiting for a team to pony up. I'd rather have James because Dennis. because he's cheap. Oh no, J- no 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 no. Oh, no, no. You okay? So you're telling me at this point in in, in our in, in this team you'd rather have Daniel House over James Dennis? I'd rather have a professional. I'm sorry. James Ennis. I'd is rather a have nobody. Okay, I'd rather just right. play well, who we play have, who we have right, like the youngsters. Okay. Let KJ start or Jay Sean Tate start. Jay Sean Tate will should start by the time that this NBA season starts. And fun fact, GM, we are one week away from the NBA season. One yes, week we from are. tomorrow. Like opening in Minnesota. GM, I just have to say right now, let's close the book here on our summit because we have a lot to talk about on our next segment. But but for this, the season starts next Wednesday. The games will start to count. We're going to do our season preview this weekend as we get ready for the season to start. And be on the lookout 
uh, cheap plug out there for y'all. Be on the lookout for a season preview episode. It's going to come out uh, sometime early next week before the season starts. So be on the lookout for that. There's going to be big time stuff happening there. But in regards to the season, it's a week away. What are your thoughts going into, you know, just from what we've seen in this preseason going mm. into the season? What's what's your thoughts going into the season now after these last three games have kind of gone under our belt? I'm hopeful that there will be improvements. I see improvements. Do I think that we'll be a better team overall? That remains to be seen. I'm just ready for us to have the games count. Me too. Absolutely. Where the stats count, mm-hmm. we'll see KPJ run this offense completely. We'll see Jalen Green against legitimate NBA competition. And we'll see what the rest of the team does. Like Daniel Tice, we'll see how he'll go. We'll see, like, you know, we'll see how. If Jay Sean Tate can eventually take over the starting spot over Daniel House. If Armani, if, or if Armani if even, Brooks gets PT. Yes. I mean, if Eric Gordon is healthy, then I would start him. No, Eric Gordon's hurt again. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that, but do you, I don't know if that's like uh, legit, on, legit or precautionary I, yeah, I mean, precautionary. type of. I don't know. Is that he doesn't really need to play. <laughs> it it's not ball. very necessary, <laughs> in my opinion. All right, before we get in over our heads with more Eric Gordon talk, before we close the chapter on the sum- on the summit part of the summit state of mind, we need to give a shout out and a plug to the greatest and best barber shop in H-Town. Wait, no. Voted tops in the entire world. That's right. We're talking about your barber shop, my barber shop, America's barber shop. We're talking about the Argalique. Have you ever wanted to look like a gentleman in a place where you can get a haircut? and a shot of whiskey while being taken care of by top-shelf professional barbers. That's right. This right here is the Argyle League, where me and the GM have been receiving our haircuts since 2016. What makes Argyle literally the coolest barbershop in the world? They were voted coolest barbershop in the world. They have also been featured in GQ magazine. They were the exclusive barbershop for the NCAA Final Four in 2016. They were also the official barbers for the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Calendar launch party in 2017. And that is just a few of their accolades. So if you're tired of your hair and you want to look like a gentleman, I highly recommend going to the Argyle League and getting a fresh cut from one of their kick-ass barbers. They are located at 709 West Alabama Street in Houston, Texas. You can visit their website now, theargyleleague.com, to book an appointment. I'll say it again, League to book an appointment. I'm telling y'all right now, you want to get a shot of whiskey right at the door. You're talking about wanting to get a complimentary beer right at the door for you. It is the manliest barbershop, the coolest barbershop. The vibes are absolutely incredible. Owned by an incredible owner, a cool dude, a kick-ass dude named Carlos. Please show them love and please let them know that if you do decide to go, that the Summit State of Mind sent you. With that said, stay sharp, gentlemen, and meet us at the Summit. What's up, y'all? It's Samoa Bro, a.k.a. Sean from Shots and Thoughts, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. But before we close the book on basketball, I want to talk about um, this crazy thing that occurred last week. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, I was telling Kenny about it. Tell tell the people. 18 former players have been arrested and charged federally for insurance fraud. And let me give you some notable names that you guys probably do know. Big Baby, Glenn Davis, Tony Allen, Darius Miles, and Sebastian Telfair, one of the best high school guards from when LeBron was there. Was Quentin Richardson included? 
I don't not know. my boy Q Rich. I don't know. Because I know he's good friends with Darius. But all I'm going to say is that, yo, man, these boys were legit <laughs> breaking the law, apparently. I don't know much of the specifics, but from what I read was that it's like millions of dollars in fraud where they took advantage of the insurance from the NBA and made illegal claims. And Ooh. see, that's – in my opinion, Oof. that's just kind of like, yo, Oof. yo, that's a little real, man. But hey, <laughs> you, you, it, I, my opinion on this is just that these guys made a lot of money in the NBA. Big baby Glenn Davis made – he played for a decade. Yeah, he played for almost a decade. Almost maybe over a Contracts decade. Contracts every year. And he the made guy money. was making was serviceable. money. And it, it kind of shows like just – through my eyes and what I see is that they didn't save their money really well. These no. guys were just living a lavish life, put nothing away, and they're like, okay, well, if I can make claims on this, I can make claims on that. And my question is, if you're their lawyer, what did you do to try to prevent this? Like, Did you encourage this behavior? Because do they not realize that they were breaking the law? Or the lawyers I, not know. Maybe. I don't know. But at the end of the day – Yo, man, because I mean, I love Big Baby. Big Baby was hilarious. I mean, this guy <laughs> licking his lips and all that shit. Oh my God. You know, Darius Miles was in one of these okay. movies. For real, though. Okay, I'm gonna be real with you though on uh-huh. da- on the Darius Miles front. I mean, no, f- no joke. Uh, if there was anybody I would think of in the early 2000s that would commit a fraud such as this. I mean, Darius Miles has to be up there. That's why I asked if Q- my boy Quentin Richardson was involved, because I wouldn't have been surprised if he was involved either. Because, dude, Darius Miles was a grade-A knucklehead. Touche. I mean, they were all they were all together on that Clippers team. That's what I'm saying. Way back in the day. Absolutely. You so, know? that's crazy. Like, when you told me this earlier, I was shocked because, and that's why I told you, I was like, I was like, don't say anything more. We gotta, we gotta save it for the pod. Because yes. this is... That's crazy when you think about it because uh-huh. these former NBA players, and you're right, and God knows how many money, how much money they all made combined. Darius Miles was a, a stud for a few years. Yeah, I mean, he played, he played um, pretty in well in like the early mid 2000s. Yeah, yeah, as good as it gets. He was, talent level wasn't very he, high. He was good at that point in time for what the talent level was in the NBA. Absolutely. Um, but let's be real, the talent level was not very high at that point. There was a turnover. It was a weird time in the NBA where the talent level was very small. The star there was a huge uh a discrepancy. discrepancy in stars to like scrubs. Like there was nobody like average. It was everyone no, was no. like really good or almost an all star. Yeah. Like all star fringe all star to like really shitty. To Pat Garrity's. I'm sorry. I every time. Pat Garrity one of my favorite three point shooters in NBA 2K, uh, three, 2K4, but my God, like, yeah. the discrepancy was huge. I mean, come on now. Charlotte had Baron Davis and Desmond yeah. Mason. But hold on. Okay, so that's cool, but you want to talk about the other thing that was talked about yeah, today? Yeah, you know what? Fuck let's it. talk let's about go. this. Let's, let's, go. let's just have, like, let's, let's do just, it. Let's just have a little this open. This is a summit talk. This is a summit talk. Let's about, go. This is basketball. About. This is a basketball podcast let's fucking go you tell me well here let me tell let me lob it up for you because i know you have a lot to say okay he i'll preface it by saying he's one of my favorite nba players he was and i have to say right now through everything that he's been dragging through the mud the different teams that he's been dragging through the mud let's talk about mr oh not mr let's call formerly known as uncle drew presently known as unvaccinated anti-vaccine mandated Mr. Kyrie Irving over here who's willing to sit out these games. 
He's You've said what you, to sit well, out. you talked about what you were telling. That's why I was going to lob it yeah. up to you and ask. What, <laughs> I know you have Venom. What you got to say about him? <laughs> so He's I- willing to retire over this. He's willing to retire. While they leveraged James Harden into joining Brooklyn, this mm-hmm. guy is going to retire over this? Are you mad at him more because Kyrie is doing it? Or are you mad at him more because James Harden just has the worst luck? <laughs> no, I'm mad because Kyrie, okay. in my opinion, okay. is being selfish. Absolutely. And, I agree. And I agree. He, He's coming across like someone who is an anti-vaxxer. Hey, man, hey, I'm not one to disagree. I'm not going to get into politics opinions. on this. Yeah. Like, hey, man, it, it's it's not up to me. We're, we as individuals have the power to make our own choices. Agreed. Michael Jordan even said he believes in science. It's I'm not getting paid for something like this. I don't know everything, but I do trust the people that do the research. So, of course. Exactly. And the one thing – I just strongly dislike about Kyrie Irving is that whenever he's somewhere, he always feels like he has to be the smartest person in the room. Like he is smarter than you, smarter than you, and smarter than you. And I'm just not a fan of that. There's a lot of arrogance. He just has this aura to him like, you know, lighting sage in the Boston Garden. I'm like, bro, you spent two seasons there. I get it. But you look like (laughs) a fucking pretentious asshole. Honestly. And the fact that he's claiming is like I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I just I'm anti-vaccine mandate. Get the fuck over yourself, yeah. bro. We know what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like I get it, but I it I just it just boggles my mind mm-hmm. that it's gotten to the point where he's gonna retire and he wants to use his platform to become the voice of the voiceless. You're not CM Punk. Mm. You are not the voice of the voiceless, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You are screwing up everything that you have worked for in your good name and the people that you were trying to help before. And now it just – you're clashing. You're clashing with everything. And I'm just – he's running in circles. He won't even talk. He shat on Nick Wright when Nick Wright reported this a month ago that if Kyrie had to get the vaccine, he reported and said – Kyrie will retire. And Kyrie called him a clown. And now look who was right. Nick Wright. Mm -hmm. Former Houston, you know. Houston radio. Yes. Radio voice. With Mark Vandermeer on Sports Radio 610. That man has made a name for himself and I respect it. But the fact that Kyrie had to go out of his way to clown on Nick Wright and say Nick Wright was wrong. Mm -hmm. And then the reports come out and say that Nick was right. In my eyes, you have lost credibility to me, Kyrie. Mm-hmm. You lost credibility. Mm-hmm. I'm not against what you're trying to do completely, but don't act like you could like you you do your own research. I get that. But, you know, we're all individuals. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, if the NBA has rules as people, we have to follow it. You have to follow it. It's like every job there is. Well, that's what I was going to say know? too, because that's what I was going to say. I was like, if I'm mandated, for instance, if it's just, it's me and I, I, you know, I'm all about getting the vaccine. I'm all about that because I know I've seen firsthand what COVID does. Yes. Now I've never had it. I've never, maybe I did have it, didn't know I had it, but I've never actually had COVID, mm. but I've seen the effects that it can do to people. And I, it's come to the point now where <clears throat> Look, I don't make 
however money made. I don't know how much money he's making this year. How much was he making? Twenty two million. Twenty something. Uh, million? My guess is twenty something million. He's probably up in the thirties. Okay, so up in the thirties. Okay, he's not. Sometimes some of these people aren't making thirty million dollars. They're making thirty thousand a year. So these people, they need to get this vaccine to continue their jobs. Like that's just the way it is. I know that Kyrie doesn't want to do it. Kyrie can leave because he has thirty million in the fucking bank plus all the other endorsements, you know, de- endorsements and, and deals he has. So he he has the platform for it. Great, but what about the working Joes? I know he's trying to like look out for those people, but at the same time, like you know that it doesn't work that way. And on top of everything, look, I've been in Kyrie's stand since day one, since he was in Duke University and only played ten games. Mm-hmm. When he dra- drafted in 2011, it was the arrival of Uncle Drew. It was the start of the Pepsi commercials. It was the start of something new, High School Musical, quote, for this Cleveland Cavaliers team. It ultimately led to LeBron going home because of Kyrie. Yep. I don't think if Kyrie, well, maybe LeBron would have went regardless, but Kyrie being there played a huge part in it. Kyrie provided so much good in the first few years of his career. Could you argue, GM? That he provides a little bit of a Kanye effect going on here, where his first few years were fucking fantastic. You had, uh, you had, what is it? Uh, late registration, graduation, and what is the first? Was the first album shit? Oh, college dropout. Yeah. And now he's just trying to make a point. He's trying to make a point. He's trying to make a point. And I'm feeling like this with Kyrie because I've been a stand of his since day one. I fucking owned a Cleveland Cavaliers jersey. Yeah. He ran himself out of Cleveland. He screwed Cleveland and LeBron. Goes to Boston. Promises Boston he's going to be there the rest of his career. Screws Boston. Goes to goes to Brooklyn. And now is about to screw your boy, James Harden. Probably the most unlucky star in NBA history. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Kyrie Irving <laughs> has a lot of parallels with a professional wrestler that did not do so well. Okay, what it hit me. One, two, three, kid. No. Uh, Someone that had a lot of success. But flamed out Lex just as Luger. quick. No, Ultimate Warrior. Okay, all right. Well, Ultimate Warrior. Ah, he 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 that's came ballsy. in. Okay, dude, and the, he won a retirement match against Randy Savage in WrestleMania Seven. And he who did. retired? He did. Randy Savage stayed. I know. That's why I always found that weird. And then like, Ultimate okay. Warrior came back at WrestleMania Eight on his terms on when he wanted, right? Yep. And then he leaves, and then he he comes back. For like three months, yeah. leaves again because he didn't like what they were doing. Like, mm-hmm. th- you're not – I'm supposed to be the champion. No. Yeah, no, yeah. you're not, bro. It's yeah. a different generation. And then of he course. went to WCW. What happened? He got fired because he was selfish. Yeah. Self-righteous. That's, that's what Kyrie's going through right now. Yes. And But this is something that, you know, to quote LeBron, it's bigger than basketball. Yeah. And unfortunately, these mandates are put into effect to keep – you know, the safety of the league, the safety of the players. But more importantly than that, you can't just look at yourself. You have to look at the people next to you. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's what. That's how we got into the biggest pandemic in the world's history. It's because you can't just look at yourself. You have to look at the people next to you. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, Kyrie can learn from that. Um, GM, before I close the book here, is there anything that you have left to say on the Kyrie matter? No. Okay, you're good? He's gotten all... that. That's enough time he deserves in our okay. podcast. He, oh. <laughs> outside of that... I don't even want to hear the name Kyrie Irving, right. to be honest with you. It hurts me because, uh, cause, you know, I appreciate – I did – you know, I, he was one of my favorite players. So 
thank you for attending uh, myself and the GM's TED Talk on Kyrie Irving. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on and obviously start and enter our juice box state of mind. That's right. We're going to talk about the golden era of our Houston Astros. But before we continue, we need to give a shout out and a plug to the greatest and best. That's right. Anime streetwear label on this side of H-Town. Talking about my best friend's motherfucking label, Day Off. The GM, oh, GM wants to give a shout out and a plug to y'all. So I'm going to all you it to him right here. GM, tell them where they need to go and who they need to show their love to. Tired of the same old anime tees? Tired of the mall core look? The mall of America. I'm from Minnesota. Mall core look. Don't you want to see some older, classic anime tees? Animes, sorry, getting love. Well, be sure to check out the brand Day Off for retro anime goods. From animes like Macross, Neon Genesis Evangelion, to Cowboy Bebop, My Hero Academia, and one of my personal favorite favorites, Demon Slayer. Day Off is your voice for your anime-induced graphic mayhem. So use the code DAYOFFSUMMIT for a 10% discount at Day off dot shop that's d-a-y dash o-f-f dot shop so you already know it's time to shop and hang with your boys go strows what's up everyone this is ray aka mr fundamental and you are listening to the summit state of mind podcast all right gm let's turn the page Officially, let us put, let's take off the Houston Rockets cap. Let's put on our Houston Astros cap, no cap, and talk about the Houston motherfucking Astros. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Juice Box State of Mind, the podcast of Bregmans and Correas and everything Houston Astros. I am your host, the Commissioner. Kenny, and of course with me as always is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. And I'm going to reintroduce it because this is basically going to be part two of this episode because we are officially entering the juice box state of mind, celebrating what is the golden era of Houston Astros baseball, fifth straight trip to the American League Championship Series. It's the equivalent of making the Western Conference Finals Five years running. Mm -hmm. It is very similar to different teams in the past. And I've said it to the GM too. I was like, this is San Antonio-esque. This is fucking, this is New England Patriots-esque. This is Chicago Bulls minus the championships-esque. We are always there. It is tougher in baseball to make it than it is in basketball. I've always said this. All you need is five players Mm -hmm. on an NBA court. Two stars that can turn the tide for your team. Two stars that we've been proven if you watch the Los Angeles Angels don't do shit for you. Mm-hmm. You need a conglomerate, a big effort from all nine players, plus the bullpen, plus the plus the bench players and the role players and stuff like that. So GM, fifth straight trip to the ALCS, golden era of Astros baseball. Lob it up to you now. How are you feeling? about this team, about this era, and try hard not to cry because you're going to make me cry. So go. This isn't just the golden era of Houston Astros baseball. This is the golden era of Houston sports. This is the 
absolute greatest Houston sports team ever. And don't let me reiterate that again because I'm going to tell the sheep. I'm going to tell the people that aren't listening. (laughs) This is the best Houston team ever assembled. And if you aren't watching, you're doing yourself a disservice. Well, we got two words for you. Suck Suck it. it. (laughs) But I digress. Go on. But yes, you are missing. You're missing out on success. People that wanted something to happen with the Rockets, people that sadly wanted, were hoping for something with the Texans. This is what the Astros are doing. I read a tweet from Red94. He said, this must be what it feels like when the Warriors were running rampant in the NBA. The Houston Astros are the Golden State Warriors of the late of the late 2010s early 2020s. The Houston Astros are the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. The Houston Astros are the 90s Braves, the 2000s Yankees, 90s mm-hmm. and 2000s Yankees. Uh-huh. This team is greatness personified. Abs- absolutely. And the fact that we get to witness this that this is the 5th straight year and the funny thing was when me and Kenny were watching it, when we saw the last out, it was a subdued celebration. Mm-hmm. Not because of the fact that we're arrogant, but because this is what we do. This is this is this is expectation. Mm-hmm. This is walking in our sleep. This mm-hmm. is how good this team is. Mm-hmm. These guys will wear you down. One through nine. Everyone can hit. They let the count right up. Each time the guy, the eyes that these guys have for the strike zone, nobody can, nobody can parallel Mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. This team is too good. Altuve, Bregman, Brantley, Alvarez, Correa, Yuli, Kyle. Yeah. You know, like, oh, Chazzy Fizz or even put in Jake Myers, your boy. Yes. That's one through eight. (laughs) With Maldi being obviously the only weakness, but what he lacks for an offense, he he solidifies on the defensive tenfold as a captain and defensively. Yes. This team is just. It's funny because I was worried that we were going to miss Springer, but I was wrong. I was dead wrong. In In all honesty, if Correa leaves. This team will not be the same. I'm going to tell you this this, right now. Uh If Kraya leaves, we won't make the ALCS next year. Well, dude, I'll take it a step further. You told me when Springer left, you you weren't sure if this could be done again. I felt confident that this could be done again as long as the captain, El Capitan, Mm -hmm. one of the greatest players of our generation. That's right. I fucking said it. Mm -hmm. One of our players of our generation when everyone was making fun of him for cracked ribs and making fun of him for little knee injuries, elbow injuries, or what have you. Well, I mean, there's Everyone... nothing wrong with that. It, it, the, no, 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 the rib no, no. injury no, is it. No, no, <laughs> The rib injury was hilarious. Let's not get the twisted. It was pretty funny. But it was funny to me, but I immediately digressed because I knew what happens in October. There is a DNA in this team. There's a DNA in a certain player. He carries a swagger. He carries the bat. He carries the eyes. He carries the team on his shoulders. And he's done it time and time again. And he's doing it now. He won us 
two games. I'm talking about the man who needs to get paid. Jim Crane, pay him now. Carlos fucking Correa. That's been my guy since day one. And when everyone has turned their back, and I've heard so much shit from so many different people, whether it be Twitter, in person, online, Mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram, what have you, it does not matter. I've heard endless shit talking about him and how he is a diva and he's this and that and the other thing. I always say, wait till October comes around. Wait till October comes around. And then you will turn back around and you'll be on your knees praising God that you had Correa in the first place. Yeah. This is what he does. Yeah. He carries the organization on his back, but it's not like Springer. It's different. Springer was dominant. He was dominant. Maybe the greatest, uh, he, maybe one of the greatest World Series runs in all time in 2017. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, Correa doesn't just empower himself. He empowers everyone else. That's why he's the, that's why he's the fucking captain. Yep. That's why it goes beyond stats. It goes, it goes beyond everything else. It's intangible. He doesn't just empower himself. He empowers himself by also empowering his teammates. He's the glue to this team. The true glue. Yeah. Club Astros was George Springer. But it's all good and well when you're doing great. But when the cheating scandal happened, look who decided to take the back, who takes seat in the back. Mm-hmm. The guy when you're down. It just goes to show you who's really there for you when the chips are down. And Carlos Correa was there for this team and it carried over. And I want to add on to what you said too, GM the difficulty of being this golden, like the Golden State Warriors, being like the Patriots. You play 82 games in an NBA, like I said earlier, five starters. It's difficult, but at the same time, it's pretty damn easy. Mm-hmm. Miami's done it. Golden State's done it. Spurs have done it. Bulls have done it. There's a formula, right? Yep. Football. You need a great quarterback, right? And a decent O-line. And a decent defense. You can argue that that may be easier, an easier route because it's just one and done in the playoffs. Any team can make it. Yeah. Baseball is 162 Games, grueling games, grueling <laughs> games in the span of five months. Every single day, people don't realize the difficulty it is to do this five years in a row. One hundred sixty-two times five. I don't know how much that. Almost nine hundred, almost a thousand games, season games, just the season minus playoffs. Mm-hmm. So this is greatness personified through this team. The difficulty in it is to do it. Baseball, in my opinion, was always the tough. It's always the toughest mm-hmm. because of the amount of games that are being played. So baseball is a fickle sport. It man. is a fickle sport, man. So this series here, oh, let's talk about the series. Obviously, games one and two were in the juice box. I'm not gonna lie. I thought the dam was gonna burst at some point. <laughs> not that we were gonna lose the series, but I thought we were gonna lose the game in the juice box. But boy, howdy, was I wrong? GM, give the people your mindset going into games one and two. I okay. I mean, I don't want to sound Kenny. Kenny, you knew how I was. Yeah, yeah. I was calm, no, cool, and collected. Yeah, be a dick. I was. This is your podcast. I I never had a moment of worrying. You're better than I am. Games one and two, I was like, game one, I knew, I was like, we're going to win this game. Game two, wishy-washy. I wasn't sure. I wanted to see how Chicago would respond. They did respond, but the Astros just kept responding to their responses. The Astros just did not shut up. Games three, now game three. Okay, we need to talk about that. Because game three was where we were like, okay, this is where I'm not sure if we'll sweep. I think Chicago was too good for us to sweep. No, yeah, their offense was great. You but, can't. You're not going to shut know, that down. You know, we were up five to one in the third inning. There was a multitude of things that led to the, the loss. 
Oh, you and mean no. the strike up in the zone that should have been a yeah, strike? Yeah, the the, um, <laughs> the, uh, the his, grand doll. The, the man's strike zone was like typically it's supposed to be a square. My man's strike zone was a fucking octagon. I didn't know where yeah, it was. We, we I didn't, didn't know where, where it started and ended. And, and you so. know, like, and it's okay. Yeah. Like, what did I tell you? I said, we'll take them in game four. I already know we're winning in four. There, I called it in four from the beginning. Yes. And I was saying, I did too. like, I, did too. I was like, I'm not worried. We're winning tomorrow. Uh, and I felt I the same like, way. I wasn't really sweating it after the game three loss. So I felt the same way. Yeah. But GM, let's talk about Mr. Tapera. Oh, God. We have some quotes. So we have to talk about it. We have to talk let's about talk it. About, let's talk let's about it. Let's talk about it. So Tapera, as, as, Tapera I want, did I, say I want to okay. hear it again. So Tapera said a few things about our team. And I just, I have to say, I, I mean, we're going to listen to the audio in just a second. But I just have to say, like, I'm not going to. You know what? Let's just fuck it. Let's just play the audio first because that, that's what we need to hear. Let's play the audio first. So this is just for y'all. Go ahead and listen. Um, you know, the, the stadium was rocking. You know, obviously it's a it's a different game here at our field. You know, you play at Minimate and, you know, they're, they're doing something over there that's a little different. You know, it shows you how many uh, swings and misses they had tonight compared to at Minimate. So, uh, you know, that's why you have home field advantage. And, you know, tomorrow we look tomorrow and, you know, we got another home field advantage. So we're ready to go. Is that just like a hunch given the past? Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, they've obviously had a reputation of, you know, doing some sketchy stuff over there. And, you know, it's just uh, we can say that it's a, a little bit of a difference. You know, I think you saw the swings and misses tonight compared to, uh, you know, the first two games of Minimate. Okay, so I listened to this quote, right? We've heard a lot of barking from a lot from a lot of different players throughout the last almost two years now, about a year and a half. I've never really let any comments really get to me personally. I've rode the wave from our family members to friends to Astros Twitter who get outraged by these claims and comments by teams and players and, and fans. And it's never going to end, right? No. I've accepted it. But when I heard this, GM, it... it it shook me a little bit. It shook. I, I was shook because in my head, I'm just like the first thing I think of is, well, we no one had even talked about it up until this point. Yeah. And GM, I want to lay it out over to you, mm-hmm. like what Carlos Correa said. It's a uh, what? What? What was his quote? It's a uh, was it as as a is it just a kid spitting something with no facts? Um, I'm just saying that whatever he said had no merit. Zero. Had none. none. Well, he talking was about now. Go, talking about this series, yes. not talking about our he, past. He, this series. He was trying to go based on, you know, the past discretions. And what did we do? We averaged at least six runs a game the whole series. We, I mean, we scored at least six runs a game. And he was talking about swings and misses. Yes, it happens. The team was pressing a bit more because we were down... A little bit later, they felt momentum happening, and they wanted to shift that momentum quick and fast. So obviously, they were trying to respond. You get aggressive. Unluckily, it wasn't to be. The White Sox bullpen had their best stuff that night. And the fact that he had to say that we were doing sketchy stuff, that holds no merit considering that they were the team that scored a lot more runs at home as opposed to on the road when the Astros were a better hitting team, essentially, on the road. And so, average <clears throat> OPS, stuff like that. Yes. Because that's what I was saying, too, is when when I thought about it, I was like, 
The Houston Astros game one average, we got six runs. Game two, we got nine runs at home. Mm-hmm. And then in for the White Sox, they got one run in game one, four runs in game two, right? Mm-hmm. So we outscored him 15 to five. Yep. Okay. Go to the road. He's saying, my man is talking so much mess. The swings and misses, that's one thing. We still put up six runs in game three. So like it, it I make, don't understand it. it. No and sense. Then my man has the gall, literally the gall to say that we're doing sketchy stuff when my man put, when my man's team put up one run, four runs, and in game three, 12 runs? Makes, Come on. <laughs> it makes no sense. With a high, with, with Chicago having a higher OPS at home, it's not, we're not saying that the, the Chicago White Sox are cheating. We're just trying to go based on the fact that you're, your thought process is pure, unadulterated, pure stupidness. Like, come on, man. Look at facts. Yes. Look at it. Please, please look at the facts I, before you decide to stop talking. I, I just view it as someone that likes Wants to, to make headlines. No, not just that. Like an insecure, human, an, an insecure human being. A man is a keyboard like warrior. Like someone along the lines of when you're doing something wrong, you're going to accuse the other person to take the spotlight off of you. So – in my eyes, that's that seems like the, that's what is the happening. umpires were doing some sketchy shit. So yes. that's what I'm saying. The fact that matters is that he said sketchy stuff. So Ryan, we're not gonna we're not gonna give Ryan to pair too much spotlight here. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we have to appreciate the fact that the Astros put up a ten spot. <laughs> yeah. In response, you know, Carlos Cray even said we went for the jugular today. That's oh, what yeah. we wanted. Oh yeah. We were hungry. Have to have the cojones. Don't don't. Don't poke the bear that is the Houston Astros because the Houston Astros, you poke them, they will wake up and they will make you pay. Teams have been talking shit since the beginning of 2020. Like with the A's, what did they do? They They did that comic strip. They did the comic comic strip strip, and what the Astros do, they eliminated them. Aaron Judge mocked Altuve. What happened? Altuve hits a walk-off homer. Talk about Belly. Bellinger (laughs) has just not performed well. So it seems like he was probably a beneficiary of sign stealing because his numbers have gone down dramatically in the last three years. I'm not saying that they are. I'm just saying that if you're going to talk shit to us, then we're going to come back because Agreed. you're bringing it upon yourself, brother. And yeah. then now the mm-hmm. White Sox with Tapera. Houston's own Ryan Tapera. <laughs> I didn't even know, man. When you so when you said he was Houston's own, I was like, oh shit, Tapera, Ryan Tapera. He went to Sam Houston State. I didn't even know. What? I didn't even know he was he, from Houston. He's, he's, I didn't even know he existed. Me That's neither. The thing like Dusty Baker was like, I don't even know who he was until this until this series. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so I don't know, man. What's that? What's that one song? Oh man, shit. Because uh, when I think of Ryan Tapera, I just think of his uh, his better brother who has the hotter girlfriend, uh, Ryan Cabrera. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but, you know, all jokes aside, bottom line is we shut Tapera up. But that was obviously a, a tiny little fun goal, probably for the team, just for fun. Um, but the ultimate goal to win the World Series. And GM, we are officially eight wins away. Four in the ALCS, four in the World Series. We got Boston coming up next. Boston, Boston Red Sox. Okay, Alex Cora, the man who brought sign stealing to the Houston Astros. Doing a little sketchy stuff of his own from what we see because they were not successful last year and look at them now this year. So this preview we have coming up, Boston Red Sox, the revenge tour of our Houston Astros that we've been going through is now going to go 
to Boston. Game one starts at the juice box, but ultimately we're going to have to win some games in Boston as well. Mm-hmm. 2017, we beat them in the ALDS. 2018, they whoop our ass in the ALCS. But like I said, Jose Altuve, tennis ball-shaped knee he got surgery on just a few days after the season ended. Correa, back spasms. Coming back from that, could not run properly. Mm-hmm. Bregman was our best hitter along with George Springer. Yep. This team now. No Jordan, no, no Tucker. Jordan, no Brantley. Nope. No Jake Myers. No, oh, well, we had Maldi. But, I mean, this team is fucking dangerous now compared to what it was three years ago. GM, I just have to ask, this series against Boston, what do we expect? What's going to happen here? I expect us to win. I mean, if we you want, like... like um, No, I mean, you don't need to give me a... Well, I, I mean... Analysis? Uh, we yeah, have I a mean, we have just, a stronger just give, lineup. Give the people what they want. We have a stronger lineup. One through eight is better than their one through eight. Kike Hernandez is probably the hottest hitter in baseball right now. So hey, Jackie Bradley Jr. <laughs> the Astros' <laughs> you know goal I mean. should be to shut him down. Yeah, former Houston Astro Kike Hernandez. Let's be He's real. He's going to come in with people, a vengeance. But well, only, play, we played him already, though. Yes, and we 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 beat them six games two during the season. So if we can hop on that success and bring it on. Then yes, I think we should be the victors in this series. Like I stated, I believed we could beat Tampa, Boston, or Chicago. Everyone is scary to an extent, but I do vehemently believe that we are the best team. And it's I think that's just it. Yeah. Like Boston's lineup is not as strong as ours. Their pitching could possibly be better than ours in a series, but our pitchers have been there. Mm-hmm. Our hitters have been yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the lineup from the Red Sox now, like what Devers has been there with the Red Sox before. Mm-hmm. He was a rookie. Yep. Um, uh, Verdugo, he played for the Dodgers and now for the Red Sox. So he's been all around success, all around it. You know, they don't, they no longer have a Benintendi, they no longer have a Mookie Betts. This is a different lineup. Definitely, this is a different a lot different team. from what they were when they you know when we saw they still them. got Xander Bogarts, you know. But the the difference is just that the 2021 Astros are not the 2018 Astros. The 2021 Astros are motivated, they're angry, healthy, healthy and hungry. They want it all, and like you know, shit, like freaking um, Freddie Mercury said. They want it all, and they want it now. Yeah, you know, you know? it, and they're not afraid. Yeah, no, I agree, and. On top of all of it, and I agree with you 1,000%, our team, we're, we're great. We're one of the best teams, arguably, in baseball history up to this point, the five-year run that we've had all together. But like I said, and like I've stated, this Correa thing that's hang, kind of hanging over everybody's head, ultimately, if this is it, I've dubbed this uh, towards the end of the season where I did tell you gm that this could be the last dance like it's it's been kind of laughed off as a joke to start but now it's kind of sinking in and and if correa leaves this is truly the last dance so what what did the bulls do in the last dance in 98 they knew they had to win it all they they're going they're, they're obviously going against ownership because ownership wanted to rebuild crane probably doesn't see it that way at all it's just it's the money thing mm-hmm. first and foremost um, Cray wants to be the highest paid player, highest paid shortstop in the majors. You said that. And, but he wants to stay. 
Correa wants to be a part of this team. He wants to continue winning. And I brought this up with you earlier. If he... I can't imagine Correa signing $350 million just to go to a Detroit Tigers team and just to miss two or three straight years in the playoffs. He's not going to make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're not. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Even if Verlander goes to that team, I'm sorry. It's not going to change anything. Two players aren't going to change anything because it's the whole of the team. I just don't see them making it. So I don't see Correa wanting to do that. So my question for you, GM, is do you believe Correa can get re-signed? Is this the last dance for our Houston Astros? I believe that he can be resigned, but for Houston, it's about the right price. Um, I would try to follow along the lines of a mixture of different contracts, like the Lindor deal. They deferred $50 million after 2032 for him. So basically what they're saying is that we'll pay you $291 million in 10 years, and then for the rest of your life, we'll give you two, three, five million a year. Wow. And, you know, and... I think that's a great deal. Like I stated before, I think that if you work out the cap gymnastics, the Astros can make it work by, you know, let's pay him huge in the beginning, like 35, 50 million a year mm-hmm. to start, you know, pay him heavy in the first two years while Jordan and Kyle Tucker aren't getting paid as much. Still before under th- club control. Yes. Mm-hmm. While they're under arbitration, don't have to make as much money. That would be my opinion. If you really want to keep Correa, then why don't you do that? Let's pay him huge up front, and on the back end, it'll be much cheaper so we can pay the other guys. Because even our pitching, we're, it's the pitching is going to be very cheap. McCullers was extended for five years, $80 million, $85 million, He's something locked along those in. Lines. He's locked he's in. He's locked in. He's good. We still got Fromber Under for another control. four years. Urquidy. Urquidy. You got Luis Garcia for another five years. Forrest Whitley is still technically yeah, on Whitley. the team. Hunter Brown is still in Hunter AAA. Brown is there too, yep. You know, we got other guys. We can even make a trade. If you re-sign Correa, I'm sorry. I love Pedro Leone. I love Jeremy Pena. But, but there's an opportunity. Go. One of them can go yeah. for a pitcher that is really good. I agree. But also, but also for in terms of keeping Correa, Bregman and Altuve got extended, but those contracts are probably going to come into an end in a few years, anyways. Mm-hmm. So it, it continues to add to it. that money is going to come. Yeah, but, that money will come back. Yes, and I, I really Frankie do. Verlander off the books yes, as well. I, I do, year. I do believe that if Kraya, I mean, if Kraya stays, Altuve, when his contract runs out, he'll probably take a short deal of and course. a very cheap deal to accommodate everyone else. Absolutely, Bregman Duncan it. I'm that's not, the type of player he is. Absolutely. Bregman, I'm not sure. I can see Bregman testing free agency I can for see himself. Bregman going to the Colorado Rockies. I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, you know, Bregman is Bregman. Yeah, yeah and, I don't know what he's going to do. And it's okay. Yeah, he's going to do what he does, and that's fine. At the end of the day, who do you prefer, a Bregman or Correa? I mean, uh, maybe a few years ago you would have said Bregman, but <laughs> where I stand now. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, if there's a preference. Correa, Correa is... Like I said, Kraya is Derek Jeter. Yep. He is the Houston Astros version of Derek give, Jeter. Give, give the people what they want. Tell, 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 jump into the summit for a second. Compare, who does Kraya compare to as an NBA player? Akeem, if you're going to go Houston. Mm. He, mm. Generational. He, he has a championship. He has a Generational championship talent. Performs when it matters. Yep. Think about Kraya, what he did today. Down 0-2, two men on. Astros zero, had two zero outs. 0-1, yeah. And he, the and he hit the he hit the leading double to get them the lead. I expect nothing less. Is that Hakeem Olajuwon game one against David Robinson in the oh, Western Conference no, Finals? Man, come on. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. that 
Yeah. The thing about the, the similarities between Dream and Kreia is that Kreia and Dream come through when it matters. Absolutely. They, Health, yeah. they come through when it matters. Defense and offense. They impact the game both ways. And they were the captain. That's, they were the respective captain of their teams. Players of generational yes. talent. Michael Jordan calls Akeem one of the greatest players in the NBA history, not even just centers. Mm-hmm. Probably, I think he called him the greatest center in NBA history. So it just goes to show you how big of a deal that Correa is to this team. He is a once-in-a-generation type talent. It will, it will be so detrimental to the Astros, not just to the organization, but the to way it will impact the fans. Every at-bat he's having now, it, it's going to apply more pressure to Crane, which is why I ultimately believe Crane will just pay him the money. Because at this point, there there may be a frick. If we win it all, there may be a goddamn riot at yeah, this point. I agree. There's no way. Harold Reynolds said in MLB whenever, you got to pay him. Yep. Because, I mean, if, if it, basically— You if can't you, go if, based on your If past. you let Carlos Correa go, you're basically telling the city that they're satisfied with the success now, and they're just going to cut it and say, no more. We're good. You're basically telling your fan base that you're okay with losing a little bit again. Yeah. And I don't know if that's okay. If you resign a Carlos Correa, he's 26, 27 years old. We're going to be at the top level for another four, five, six years, barring who we keep on the roster— after this year. So what I'm stating is that if they really want a golden, golden era or the Houston Astros to really etch their place in history, re-sign Carlos Correa. Mm-hmm. Pay the man. Because at the end of the day, he breeds success. He's proved it time in, time out. He tied Albert Pujols with 54 RBIs all-time in the postseason for sixth Six, six all-time. All time. Tied for most all-time active mm-hmm. MLB players. Mm-hmm. And imagine, my man is only 27 years old. <laughs> exactly. So that's why I'm like, I believe that. that has to ha- Something has to give, right? Yes. Something has to give at this point. Yes. And I truly believe that Carlos Correa deserves to be re-signed. I believe he should have been re-signed when my man got his ribs cracked. I believe my man should have gotten re-signed when he had his back injuries. I was a fool when he got hurt, when he his, he, his uh, finger broke. The fact of the matter is, is there's just too much that he gives you. It's too much intangibles that he gives you. It is so much like the captain. And it, comparing to what you said, comparing to what I was saying too, the last dance, you're saying that, they're, that Jim Crane's okay with losing for a little bit. The only thing that they argued on that end, who's the owner of the Chicago Bulls? Who's the owner of the Chicago Bulls? What's the name? Jerry Reinsdorf. Jerry Reinsdorf wanted to do the rebuild because of the fact that Jordan was in his late 30s, Pippen's in his late 30s, Rodman's in his late 30s. You're comparing it to this team, dude. Bregman's still 25. No, he's Correa's like he's like he's like 28, 26. 29. Oh, he's older than Craig? He's older than Oh Correa. shit. Well, man, well, there you go. Bregman's older? Yeah. God damn. Okay. So, but bottom line here, no, these guys aren't in their late 30s. They're here to play for a long time. Altuve is 31, Correa is 27, Bregman's 28. You have these players, they're young. Jordan, Tucker, this is not, we're not talking about no team that's in their late 30s here trying to revive for a last dance and then do a rebuild. Crane said it himself, as long as I am the owner, the window will always be open. Well, put your money where your mouth is, son, and pay the man. Show me the fucking money, dude. Jerry Maguire style, like... That's all Correa wants to be compensated for the job that he's doing. That's all it is. It's a little bit of pride, obviously. 
Yeah, but, but I also he wants think to get that paid. yes, playoff performances. The way that people perform in the playoffs, we saw Biggio and Bagwell. They did oh not perform. Oh my god! No, well. no, let's not start there. They didn't let's perform not start well. There. Come you on know, now. Some guys are built for it. Some guys exactly. are not. This team is built for it. But Carlos Cray is at the forefront of built for it for this team. He's hit three walk offs in his career. Yep. You know, we, we wanted in the playoffs. We wanted so bad for Harden to be like Jordan, Kobe, LeBron. You got fucking Jordan, Kobe, LeBron right here in Korea. Yep, he's right here in your very. He's right here in the front of your freaking TV screen. Drive twenty or thirty minutes, depending on where you live. Go to fucking Juice Box and watch him play. I've seen him live. I've seen him play. He is one of the greats in this generation of MLB players. You wanted Harden to be that type of player. You got it right now. You can lock it in for eight to ten years right now. Yep. So, bottom line here, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking about Correa because obviously this is about the whole as a team. But I all I gotta say is three words: pay that man. <laughs> yep. Pay that man. Let's just hope that the Astros are able to get past the Red Sox. And hopefully make it to their third World Series in five years. All right, um, man. Game, game, give me game game one preview. Give me a game one uh, score. We did this for the White Sox. Give me a game one for the Red Sox. Fuck the Sox. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go no socks for <laughs> no white colored socks. No white or red colored socks. I'm gonna go four to two Astros. Oh, so a little close. Oh, Framber's on the mound. I'm gonna go. Six to two, I, I just think we can score more than four runs. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm assuming we we win. Uh, Framber gives up two in the first inning. <laughs> yeah. I that's 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 my belief. So, all right, good stuff. GM, this is the juice box. We don't enter here very often, but when we do, we are very passionate. That's the thing that people don't. I don't. If people don't know us well enough, they just listen to our podcast. We are huge Houston Rockets fans. Don't get us wrong. I mean, for God's sakes, me and the GM created a podcast for the Houston Rockets. We did this six years ago when we came out with the 3-2 zone when it was Harden, Dwight Howard, Josh Smith, Corey Brewer. We were at the forefront of all of that. But that same year, there was a team that came out and did work, that Houston Astros team. And it's garnered love through us, through the city. It's touched them. It went through Harvey through Hurricane Harvey, we won a title. We went through the scandal. We've been through a lot, through it all with this team. And uh, to still be here at this place, I mean, it, it gets me emotional. It gets me welled up just thinking about it. And I don't take a second of this for granted. And GM, you are the most passionate sports fan I know. You are the most passionate Houston fan I know. And I know you'd never take a second like this. For granted, right? This greatness that we have been begging for for so long through the T-Mac era, the Yao Ming era, the Ron Artest era, through Harden, you're, you're getting it now within these last five years. So on closing statement on the golden era of the Houston Astros. I'm just very appreciative and thankful that I got to experience this in regards to Houston sports. Um, as a fan growing up of the Rockets Seeing Akeem, Clyde, and Chuck falter in the 90s. Um, Seeing T-Mac and Yao not succeed. Seeing Harden fail and fail again. I loved Harden, but he failed and failed again. Watching the Astros as a kid growing up, watching them in 97, 98, and 99 not perform in the playoffs. Seeing Craig Biggio, Bagwell, Moises Alou, 
uh, Mike Derek, Hampton, Jose Lima, Derek Bell. You know, like those guys. Fucking, those, those, that that was my team. Tony Eusebio, Carl Everett, <laughs> Brad Osmus. You know, that was my squad growing up. And to see them, Randy Johnson. Oh for man, for half a season. I'm sorry, hey, I digress. Man, that was the perfect acquisition for that year. It. They should have won that Should've year. We signed them, <laughs> but don't make the same mistake twice. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like just being able to see that, I really hope that people understand and appreciate what they've seen and what they've witnessed. Uh, kudos to Jeff Luno. He's the one that built this team. James Click inherited it, but Jeff Luno was the architect. Dark, absolutely, he was the Seth Rollins the of credit. this team. All the credit. All credit to him. Credit to Dusty Baker for getting them back on the right track after what happened with the scandal. He was best for the job at that moment. And I just, I am overwhelmed at how well they've performed and how much pride they brought to the city of Houston. And as people that lived here all our lives, this is something that we should not take for granted. Mm -hmm. We should appreciate it every day. Because like I've said before... One day this will all be gone. It won't be this good, and we'll just be able to look at look back at this so fondly and remember the fun, the experience, As the ride should. that we had over the last five years. Mm-hmm. So, Houston, let's uh let's do it. Let's get ready. Let's hope. Let's hope we can have another run to a third World Series in five years, and hopefully cross our fingers and pray that this will be our second World Series in five years. So. Let's do it, Houston. Let's fucking go. H-Town versus everyone, baby. Hold hey. up the H. Let's go. Hey. Pay the man. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. And I'm going to, before we end this, I'm going to piggyback on what you said. You said you're going to look back on these times fondly. I think, GM, these are moments in time that if we, when, you know, when we have our kids, our children, grandchildren, if they love sports like we do, you know, you, you sit them on your lap and you tell them these stories of, you know, let me tell you, son, what Carlos Correa did in 2017. Let me tell you what George Springer did in 2017. Let me tell you what Jose Altuve did in 2021. Let me tell you what Justin Verlander did in 2019. You know, these are moments that, you know, we've we've met so many people in our lives. You know, Vincent, Vincent Cook, shout outs to the coach who told us, you know, back when I was your age, man, you know. Hakeem Olajuwon was the man. We never fully understood that. Now we are understanding because we're living in this era now that we're 20 years later, we're going to talk to our kids, our grandchildren, nieces, nephews, whoever is into sports, and we tell them, man, if y'all were alive to experience this, you will understand. You know, maybe the Astros are struggling and they're playing horribly. <laughs> and you could be like, man, I need to show y'all some stuff, like how we were those five, six, whatever years. And how great this team was. It is truly, uh, ladies and gentlemen, all H-Town fans, truly the golden era of not just Houston Astros baseball, but it has been the last six years, the golden era of true Houston sports. Only one title to show for it throughout all three major sports, but garnering success as a whole through all three teams, it's been definitely a golden era. And at the apex of it all, it has been the Houston Astros. So with that said, we are officially going to close the book on the Juice Box State of Mind. Absolutely fantastic stuff. GM, once again, 
You're here. We're here together through it all. You're here to experience our fifth ALCS. It's almost like clockwork at this point. Bust out. You know, it's like uh, death taxes. Drink champagne and be happy. You know what I mean? That's that's been the that's been the 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 glow up of the Houston Astros from <laughs> 2017 on. So, with that said, I appreciate you, GM. You've been uh you've been a beast throughout all of this. Uh, thank you. There's no other person I'd rather want to go through these times with. All the good and all the bad. So I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Always for being my co-host in this uh, podcast, our, our podcast that we do. So with that said, big time thank yous to everybody. This is officially episode 50. Episode 550. You know, I thought about it, maybe having a guest, maybe bringing in new guests here and there. But you know what? Episode 50, let's keep it OG. Let's keep it original with myself and the GM. And we wanted to give you guys a treat by doing the first ever Summit and Juice Box episode. So we're proud to bring that and present that to y'all for the first time ever. Thank you very much. 50 episodes in. And y'all have been with us from episode 1 to episode 50. Thank you very much. We appreciate y'all. We would not be able to do this without y'all being there for us and listening to us. So we appreciate each and every one of y'all. And please continue to support us. We all need it. Give us a follow on Instagram at SummitStateOfMind underscore pod or on Twitter at SummitSOMPod. Follow us through stories on everything Houston Rockets, whether it be uh, the latest news, box scores, trades, releases, firings, hirings, free agent signings, anything and everything Houston Rockets related, we will have out on our stories and posts first for y'all. And also, uh, with that said, please give out a shout out and a listen to SNT, aka Shots and Thoughts Podcast, where they not only play games, they not only get to learn new things, but on top of all of it, they drink. Nothing better than that, the fact that they get to do all of that. One of the uh, best comedy shows out there. Please give them a listen. They're doing great stuff. And a shout out to the Sports Trap Podcast that don't just cover Houston Rockets, but cover anything and everything Houston sports, as well as the entire United States sports. So give them a follow as well. We're all H-Town Podcasts, and we all stick together, and we need all the support that we can get. So thank you for that. And as this pandemic goes on, man, and, uh, you know, we, we talked about Kyrie Irving over here, but please, 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 we highly encourage everybody to get vaccinated. If you choose to not get vaccinated, please make sure that you are masked up. Make sure that you're washing your hands for 20 seconds. Make sure that you take care of yourselves, but most importantly, this day and age in 2021, please take care of each other. And with that on the sign off, we like to present each episode on Tuesdays, but like we said, episodes are going to change now with the season. We got to go with the tune of the season. Expect episodes as early as Tuesday, and I would say as late as Thursday, we will announce it. Uh, this episode will be out on Wednesday. So between Tuesday and Thursdays, we'll have episodes out for y'all, and we will be announcing it throughout our Instagram. So be on the lookout. So big time thank yous there. Uh, you know what that means? We are going to be ending it here, right here, and we're going to go home now on the podcast from myself and the GM. We just want to say good night. Go Strohs, H-Town versus everyone, and we will see you next week. The Summit for, 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 for Life.